Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by WitchSchool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And good evening, Chicago and the world beyond, anywhere in the world today, because this is Chicago Pagan Show with Ed the Pagan back again for another thing. This will be my third interview I'm going to do with the Chicago Pagan, and I'm arranging more all the time. And I've been listening to what you guys want to talk about, and so I'm really excited. And thank you, everybody, who's made each one of the first podcasts, at least a thousand people. Um, so I'm so impressed with that. I'm so honored that that you guys are giving me this chance to do so. And, you know, of course, Chicago is the center of Pagan Radio. We were the first to do it. A lot of things we did first here in Chicago. And we did a lot of things, especially in the 90s. And my guest today, Melanie Silver, was somebody who was, grew up in it and has been part of the Chicago scene since uh, a very young lady. And we'll talk to her about it. And she's, you know, I've known her for a very long time. And she has a lot of interesting, exciting stories. Um, prior to that, so let me remind you, Pagan Pride is coming up September 28th at the Q4 Center. We'll be talking more about that along the way. As you know, Phyllis Karat is coming in uh, September 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th. It's a four-day thing. $150 sponsorship ticket gets you everything. I, I've never seen a better deal. I'm not getting anything for it. I, let me make this very clear. I, I am not a part of it. I'm not doing it. I just think it's like a really good deal. I'm a good friend of uh, Phyllis's, and I know she does a great job. And I think you should support things that you believe in. Um, Laura Gonzalez, which I am setting up to, to hopefully do a show with Pooh soon, um, is going to be at Weiner Brewery at the plant. And everybody knows my connection with the plant, so I'm always delighted to see the plant do things. I remember when Weiner Brew was just the room you went into when you first came in. Oh, the concrete's on the notes. So, um, so that's coming up, and I believe that is May, uh, April, this week, April 25th. It's Thursday, so check it out, Laura Gonzalez. All righty, but I'm not going to hesitate anymore. I'm going to answer the one question of the day. Remember, I've been asking questions at the end of the day, and we're going to get some. So somebody asked me, how many pagans do I think are in the city of Chicago? So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take a straight statistical analysis. According to the recent polls, 0.3% of America has committed itself to being openly pagan, i.e. self-identifying, very important, self-consent, self-identifying, at 0.3% of the overall population. Take that to Chicago, 3 million people, that makes 9,000 probably declared pagan in the city of Chicago, and 24,000 throughout the greater Chicago area. That's the amount of what we would call declared pagans. According to some of the other statistics that I get through Facebook, some of the information I get about book sales and things of that nature, I would say it's closer to 40,000, but they're very disconnected. Um, so that idea of how many pagans are in Chicago, if you just, like I said, straight statistical analysis, if someone wanted to challenge you on that, I would say just take that straight across. But I think the number is closer to 40, 40 50,000 throughout the greater Chicagoland area, at least eight to 10,000 who self-identify pagan. I think alternative faiths who don't necessarily identify pagan, even though some of us may consider them pagan, they don't consider themselves pagan, such as certain areas in Santeria, Udu, Hudan. I think we have another thirty to 40,000 people. 
all told throughout the greater Chicago land area, I think the all told, what you would call magic beetles, probably a hundred thousand. So if that's true, I'm only reaching about 1%. So I have a lot of room to grow this show. So let me talk a little bit about Melanie. Melanie Silver has been in the community since 1990. We're going to ask her her comic book origins as we do every day, because after all, we're living in heroic times. Um, it is an amazing time to be alive. And she's been a part of the community well, as long longer than I have actually. Probably she probably predates me by a couple of months from from her biography. And uh, she's been involved in a lot of what I would call very uh, um, historical events. And so, but without further ado, I'll let her introduce herself. Melanie, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello, Ed, and hello, Pagan Chicago. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> So let me go ahead and really start off. Why don't you, because you probably people, not a lot of people may may not know of you, because um, not a lot of us know, but you're probably better known than most. So why don't you give us a little bit of your, like your story. How did you get started in this? Well, fantastic um, I've always, I've always been in, interested in alternative spirituality ever since I was younger. And when I was younger, there wasn't a lot of information available. This is, pre-internet everybody so you know you figure it out books and things were very hard to come by and um, the reader happened to be about the best source for finding any information on the community at that time so, so you're talking I, 1990 well 90s? this is pre-1990 this is yeah oh, okay. this is pre-1990 so um, but I became a member of a Panthea Pagan Fellowship in 1990. My first uh, public ritual was a Halloween Samhain of 1990. Wow, so you did a Samhain ritual right off of the first public event. Well, that's a lot of fun. Yes, <laughs> it was. It was a lot of fun. So, you, so you're a priest then? Yes. Uh, yeah, I uh, I've done all different kinds of rituals. Yep. So, and you joined with uh, Dr. Crystal Landon at one time with Panthea, right? Were you part? You were part right, of that yes. big group. So let me. Yes, so people I, don't realize the Panthea had. So why don't you just tell a little bit about Panthea? Okay. Well, Panthea was the first pagan organization in the Unitarian Universalist Association. Um, basically, Panthea started out in storefronts doing rituals and all kinds of things. Um, I wasn't a real early member of Panthea. Uh, people like Phaedra Bonwitz uh, was an early member, I believe, and a couple of other people who are unfortunately no longer with us. But um, as she progressed, Dr. Landon progressed with the UUA, she became a uh, UUA ordained minister. And we moved to um, a, a church. It was actually, I believe it was a Lutheran church uh, at Greenview and Greenleaf. I still remember it to this day because we did a lot of rituals there, and we had a lot of fun doing different things with uh, people that would come in in search of something a little different. And uh, it just continued from there. And after she left, uh, Panthea was taken over by another couple, uh, Phil and Sandra Tatarzynski. And unfortunately, Sandra passed away some years ago. 
Um, Phil, as far as I know, is still living in Milwaukee. Um, but then after they uh, left, I took over as priestess and ran Panthea for, oh, boy, quite a while, about eight or ten years or so. Well, and that's an important factor. So we've been actually, so paganism in Chicago has been something you've been through. You've been, uh, so, so one of the things I think that I find interesting is that you're also a crafter. Yes. And there's always been this crafting component. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to ask to talk to you a little bit about is that you've always been had a crafter's aspect to you. Always has been. There's always been. I've always liked looking at your jewelry and other things that you make. And, um, and as such, you've been supporting a lot of things like Pagan Pride events. Uh, early Chicago Pagan Expos, people forget about those. Those are like really for wow, that was really going. Oh yeah. Um, that was the thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that you basically have always had an idea of of helping the community, you know, kind of expressing yourself and such. Um and such as that sort of thing. Can you tell us a little bit about your ideas? I mean, you've always been kind of you've always helped out, you've always been a bit of a merchant, you've always been a volunteer, you've done the priestess work. Can you talk a little bit about your, your work in that field? I mean, being part of the Chicago Pagan team versus so much of your own personal faith. Oh, boy, there's so much to to go on about with that. Um, as far as, as being a – okay, well, as far as being a crafter, um, that I've been doing since I was a child. I've always been uh, artistic and crafty. I have two bachelor's degrees in commercial arts. And I am going back as of uh, the day after Labor Day for my master's in fine arts at Columbia College, Chicago. So I hope to take what I learned there and also be able to turn it out and help the community with that. Especially, I like to work with uh, women, especially young women who may uh, seem disenfranchised in some way, who are looking for something to perhaps learn a skill, jewelry making, and things like that are a very good skill for a lot of women to learn. And if you go to other countries, for example, some uh, crafting cooperatives uh, are all women-based, and they do jewelry or they do fiber work, like uh, knitting or crochet and things like that. So I'm kind of maybe hoping to teach after I graduate as well. Um, you know, with that, but, um, and also being a priestess, that was a very, and still is a very big thing for me. I enjoy working with other people in that aspect. And there are so many younger pagans now coming up in the community who are without any kind of rudder, so to speak, any kind of direction. They don't know where to go. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, I, if I can't help them, maybe I can lead them to where they can go to find somebody that can, because there are so many people in this community that teach like you, like Don Lewis, who's a wonderful teacher as well. We need more people to be able to help the community. So. For people who don't know, everybody knows you know, Don. Don is now down in Jacksonville, so he doesn't do very much Chicago teaching, um, <laughs> other than through the internet, right. which we all do. And um, yeah, and right now, guess what? I'm, I'm, people have asked me, so I'm kind of focusing right now on community building in Chicago myself. 
it's kind of interesting because it's like full circle because when we got started, there weren't a lot of groups either. And it seems like there was a while there, there was a lot of groups. And and they contracted back down as people aged out. <clears throat> I think that's one of the biggest things I've seen with the Chicago Pig community is that it starts, the younger people start usually in the deeper parts of the city, and then they move out to the suburbs, and they, they become these very stable, long-term groups. But they're fairly family-oriented here in the Midwest. I've noticed that. Um, yeah, that, that's very true. And now you're now you're back. Now, um, for the record, everybody knows I've been talking about bringing together a group uh, uh, together uh, for one year. Yes, I'm really seriously talking about this. Right after Samhain, the weekend after Samhain, maybe starting and doing a one year, or maybe Yule and end with yeah. It depends on how you see your new year. But I'm I'm talking about in Chicago just having a one year cycle of rituals for for people, you know, because one of the things I think that people would be that I think you'll find very interesting. And Melanie's actually answered the call. We've been talking about that. We haven't got any plans yet. But you you like ritual. I love ritual. I find it okay. a very creative outlet and a great way to teach the younger generation what we do. So I think that's one of the things right now a little bit that's missing. Like you, you're saying that is missing from the community for the younger members. There's not a lot of places to practice ritual. I know the second UU church has the Sabbat and the equinoxes right. and all that. Um, I haven't been one in years, so I want to basically go out there. Um, and if you guys got, okay, really quick, folks, if you guys have got addresses, if you guys got addresses or numbers or dates that you want things to promote or, you know, things to do so, let me know. You can just contact me. You can DM me. On Facebook or uh, Paganics, P-A-G-A-N-I-C-S at gmail.com. And we're gonna be, I'm more than happy to talk about the pagan community. That's one of my favorite things to do. But you love ritual. You, you said it. You, and I've seen it. You're good at it. Oh, thank you. And, um, well, I've seen it. You've done pagan pride events. You've done all sorts of things. I mean, you know, when you do ritual for as long as you have, it's hard not to, not to see it at some point. Um. And well, you've ritual gone out to is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go. Ahead. <laughs> no, no. I want you to talk. I, I'm the host. Oh. I'll ask questions. And well, then people want to hear. People actually want to hear about you, Melody. I know you're so shocked. Okay. Well, ritual is a very interesting aspect of our community, and and, and as I said before, there isn't enough of it anymore. Uh, back in the '90s turn of the century we had a lot of groups as you said and for one reason or another they've gone by the wayside people are dying the older generation unfortunately and uh the younger ones don't want to take it over or don't know what to do or how to do it and that can be a problem unfortunately and so that's one of the things that i think people have been talking about so I've been talking about because you're also an active member of the Chicago Pagans uh, online team. You know, you're on Chicago Pagans, the, the group, and uh, uh, that you speak there and you answer a lot of questions. I noticed that. And that, so, how is the community? So, one of the things I think that I think people, oh no, so you started out in what I would call the the magazine era, more or less. The small magazines, mm-hmm. like Green Egg was a magazine you bought. You bought books at the store. And there was a fair amount that started to come out to the Llewellyn, more than a few drip drops. And magazines, right? 
three magazines. Right. Reader Magazine. Uh, my magazine was Psychic Chicago and then Roundtable for a while. And there was um, Avatar Magazine by Vince Hawkins and his group, the Diano Group. Monthly Esoterian. Monthly Esoterian is still around. Right. Well, it's a different name now. Is it? They finally changed it? I haven't seen I'm so yeah, it's it. called conscious, Yeah, it's called Conscious Community. Okay. Um, so magazines were a real important part of community, mass communication early on for you. Um, oh, very much so. And I always mentioned that. And today, and then we went through the early internet period where the Witch Vox, and, and I think Chicago had a lot of different branches of different pieces. Witch School came out of Chicago. Um, Patricia Moynihan came out of Chicago in her books. Mm-hmm. Um um, MPC, Midwest Banking Council, uh, came out of Chicago, which started the, the, a lot of the festivals. So, I mean, you see a lot of emergence out of Chicago. So Chicago, I think, is one of those things that is, is, you see waves of it. Um, so I have a story that I think one of the most important Panthea stories for me, and I don't know if I – probably I hope it's not hindsight. Um, you were around for it, of course. Is the health story story. Hmm? Yes. Uh, oh, yes. A man kept alive by magic. If there was ever a man, he was kept alive by magic. Um, but you were part of the prayer groups and things of that nature. There was during the time though he was going through the change, his change of heart, his heart transplant, I believe, and they were repairing his heart and all of that. Um, yes, I was. I remember, and we wrote about in Roundtable Magazine how basically how he was having drumming in his room and things like that. Um, and people were praying for him. And then we've talked about. Uh, Last episode, we talked with Alan Salmi about all the things he went through. But you led, for all kinds of purposes, if I remember right, you were one of the biggest leaders of the prayer circle around for House Story, which he survived for many years after that, a very active member. Hmm? Yes, he was. Uh, he actually lived on an artificial heart, if I remember correctly, for quite a while uh, before the they transplanted they transplanted him, and uh, he did live quite a number of years. Um, he passed away several years ago, unfortunately, though, but I know he had a good long life afterwards. So, yeah, he was the longest at the time. He was the longest patient waiting for a heart transplant that was on an artificial heart. Right. And what- and one of the things they talked about was the drumming sound and the drumming and keeping him alive. It was really prayers. Just like we talked yesterday about Alan Salmi, this is one of those moments where I think our, our ability to pray, our ability to heal, really kept him there. And Hal had to contribute a lot to me. He was a very good teacher and uh, very strong about it. And, um, and again, ritual and prayer, I think, is a very important part. And, and I think this is one of those demonstrations of ours in Chicago where you were deeply involved with the, um, that you can show, well, has it ever meant anything to anybody? Did it really help? And I think Pensea can point to, to, to that moment, if nothing else. Well, I believe uh, so. Um, if it wasn't for Hal, who was a member of Panthea for a long time, um, you know, he was definitely a driving force. Okay. So what are you doing now? Well, um, currently I'm 
running on Facebook a couple of groups. I have the Illinois Women Pagans Discussion Group and the Northwest Indiana Pagan Alliance. And those are both on Facebook. If anybody wants to contact me and ask any questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Um, I'm looking to start meeting publicly soon if I can get enough people together who are interested. Uh, it's kind of hard to do, obviously, getting groups together and finding places to meet um, because a lot of people don't want to be public for one reason or another, and I can understand that. There are still some prejudices being pagan, you know, that people are suffering from, and that's, you know, understandable these days. You want to be careful. Uh, but uh, like I said, if anybody is interested in meeting up, I'm more than happy to you know, contact me through Facebook. <laughs> So, um, so, so, I've been asking. One of the other things I've been asking is about memories, the Chicago memories. So, do you have any particular memories that really kind of stand out to you as being something that you really enjoyed in Chicago and you just knew that that community that that was a moment of community? Is there any point oh, of memory that you have? Boy, all the the pagan pride events and all the pre-pagan pride events that we've hosted over the years at one group or another. There's been so many things to learn from and to meet new people and educate some of the new people who come to these events, not knowing what to expect. And I, I just enjoy that. And uh, I bring my children now to these things. Well, my oldest one is an adult now, but my younger son uh, enjoys coming with me to these events as well. And yeah, that's just wonderful memories for me. So one thing is, so, so, you, so imagine yourself talking, you're talking to the younger generation. Remember, I always joke about this, but I do mean it, is that we're Dawn's our ancestors. People are going to remember what we did. We're probably the most recorded generation so far. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of the first recorded generation. This is a big thing people don't understand. At least I am. Um yeah, I've been doing shows back way back '93, um, and this is not the first time I've interviewed you, Melanie. Uh, so no, it isn't. No, it is not. But it's the first time in this cycle, um, and uh, I think that people don't understand that you know we're going to be talking, and so people are going to be listening to me. You know, basically, I think 25 years from now, some kids are like, "Oh, I want to do research on Chicago paganism." Oh yeah, let's do with some of the early recordings, and they'll hear some of the stuff we're talking about. Um. It's a fascinating concept. So, you know, what we're doing now is going to be important in the future. And uh, so uh, you tell a lot. Huh? No, go ahead. And you tell a lot about books. You are a big lover of books. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and you came out of the last, I think I would call you the book generation. And now you see, see a new generation of millennials. Which is not a new generation anymore. They're 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 aging. I mean, they're they're not kids anymore. They're far from it. No, they're not. <laughs> I mean, they're middle aged. They're they're, they're heading late adult late young adulthood, and they have learned a lot about a mixture. But now you have a new generation, even a younger generation called the Z generation, which is now hitting the prime time of when learning about paganism, which I think is colleges. I think colleges teach a lot of people 
they pick up paganism for the first time in college. Um, so you love books, you love that. How would you explain to somebody, how would you feel like, how would you teach somebody that's a zeer right now? I mean, how would you want to reach them? Do you think you can? Oh, I believe I can. Um, There's definitely a lot of sources on the Internet that more than we've ever had. And there's so much, you know, to find. Unfortunately, you have to weed out the, the good stuff from the not good stuff. But I'm still a big believer in traditional books. Uh, For example, Drawing Down the Moon by Margot Adler. Margot was a Chicagoan. She also worked for NPR uh, as a correspondent. And Drawing Down the Moon, believe it or not, has a ton of Chicago stories in it. And if you were to read that book, those of us in the older generation, you, me, and other people, we'd recognize a lot of the names that are in there. And um, other authors such as Scott Cunningham, uh, Raymond Buckland, people like that, depending on what you're interested in learning, there's so much to take away from these authors. Um, We're going to have to do a Drawing Down the Moon episode. And get, you know, talk about that and, 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 you know, get people kind of briefed up on it. That's a really good idea. I like that. Yeah. We're going to do that here soon, folks. You know, you guys said you want more information. We're going to get it to you. Um, wow, no, you're right. I just got Margo with the Chicago for a minute there. Wow. It is yeah, quite that's, interesting. It's, so, it's one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. So you see again and again and again out of Chicago. Don Cole Schultz is another example of this, too. She's one of the very first gardenerians in the United States. Four steps from Gardner himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, now, she was three steps from Gardner herself, if I remember right. Three or four. I have to look it up. I know it's my lineage. Yeah, something like, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was the Temple of Sacred Stones, which we all spent some time at one way or another for ritual. And that was a great experience. So, for people who don't know what Temple Sacred Stone was, it was Donna Cole Schultz and her husband, Robert, uh, but Donna herself, and she was a gardenerian and she loved to teach publicly. And she had, she did rituals, full moon and new moon for her tradition. Um, no, full moons was public and for her tradition. New moon was always her tradition. And she did the Sabbat. And you could attend it. You had to be invited to the full moon, but you could attend. The Sabbats were open to the public, and you had to donate $2. She was very firm on this $2, which I, which I would understand would teach a lot about discipline. And they would do the rituals, and you would watch until you earned the right to work. And this is a pretty traditional group. I swear, everybody must have gone through there at one time or another. Um, oh, I know I went to a huh? few rituals there, too. I went to a we few rituals did, right? there, too. Yeah. We all did. We all did. I mean, that's the one thing that you can talk about, you know, if you, if you didn't go to the Temple of the Sacred Stones that early day, you really didn't. It was one of those things that was like, I think it was one of those keystone moments of Chicago. <clears throat> and that's something well, that I, I do think understand. a lot of the, go ahead. Yeah, I do understand her reasoning behind the, the donation. Basically, mm-hmm. you don't feel like you've earned something if it's free. So getting a, sm- a donation, no matter how small, 
it gives you, you know, you're you're going to work harder to earn that. So I believe, you know, that's the reason I think why she instituted that, and she was hard on that. But I think it was a good idea. Yeah, it, it did separate. It did separate. You had to be want to be there seriously, and it right. was, um And so you you seen this. So who do you consider your biggest influences in uh, in your paganism in Chicago from Chicago? Where did you really kind of pick up your thing? I know you're self-taught. You you have you're very um I can't remember the word. This is an edism, folks. If you're a drink, this is a, one of those <laughs> drinking games. Did you know there's a drinking game that they invented years ago in Chicago about me, the way I talk on the radio? Yeah. Uh, Edism. Yes, there's a drinking game out there. So I have to find the write-up of it, yeah. Um, but uh, but who are your influences? I mean, where, I know you, you taught a lot, uh, autocratic. Uh, you, do, you do learn pretty well. You, you read a lot, a lot of books. But what... Do you have like people that you really helped you bring you out to where you're at today? Oh well, Dr. Landon definitely, since she was the first proper priestess that I really encountered as I was starting out. Um, definitely Don Lewis. Definitely you. You're one of my influences. Um, Donna Cole Schultz. Uh, you know, people of that era, that whole group of older pagans. Oh, there's just so many. And like pagans? I said, unfortunately, a lot of them are gone now. Um, but we do have a lot of, of writings from these people, you know, so there's so many. Mm-hmm. And yes, you are one of my influences, dear. <laughs> I'm saying we're the same age. Oh, yeah, you, you met all these people. I've, I've still quite, I've got quite a few years left. I should just finish taking yeah, up uh, I, last year. I know. Yeah. I just doesn't have to be. You don't have to be ancient to be an influence to somebody. <laughs> it was very kind of you to say. Um, so good. Yeah. So so, Doctor Priscilla had an effect on me as well. I mean, there was, she was one. Right after the Parliament of World Religions, we met there. She gave me, she helped me get space for doing some events that I did, which is the early pagan leadership conferences, which was a moment of interfaith, which would lead me to, would lead us to eventually the Parliament of last year, where we saw Wicca being really recognized as a global religion for the first time, from where it started in Chicago, where it was kicked in the teeth during the Parliament. Um so this is one of the reasons why I think Chicago is such an important story. I think Chicago is a very important story to say in the pagan world. We're not just any city. There's a lot of things that happen here. And, uh, you know, like I said, the first and a lot of things. So we're very much cutting edge. And I guess I've heard you mention before, I see at least on Facebook and things that, that you find the community, let's say, quiet right now. Um, there's not a lot happening or silent to you. You mentioned that. A lot of people have mentioned how quiet it is. Do you think it's quiet now? Or Yeah, I do. I, I okay. do think it's quiet now. It's a lot more quiet than it used to be. I'd say, you know, within the past maybe eight to ten years, it's just dropped off quite a bit. And we used to have a lot more public groups, a lot more public ritual, but 
there just hasn't been a lot of anything. And that's why I'm looking to open up the groups that I have on Facebook. I'm trying to do that to bring more people out to open up the community some more. And that's why we need more things like Pagan Pride, like other open, any kind of groups, any kind of of ritual, anything. Well, that's one of the things. My next thinking is I'm working on getting more permanent spaces or even temporary spaces. Um, There's just actually this great app out there that I found that you can get spaces all over Chicago to do stuff. Mm. And, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I I really do. Um, I do absolutely think that I have uh, an idea of what I'd like to see. I'd like to see. Um, a group of working. Uh, so, I'm, as everybody knows, I'm not the biggest fan of ritual, as you know. Why well, I became the guardian, and that's why I'm an administrator, and I've done everything else. But I'm not the greatest fan of ritual. Um, doing more of it, but no. But I love watching and love seeing people perform it. And I, through these years, we've done a lot of great ritual in Chicago. And I'm looking at one of the things I thought was very fun is the idea that different groups do it different ways. And I, I would love, always want to get a group of people together, and I'm starting to, to do a year's worth of ritual and and film it and share it with people. Because today, oh, my gosh, I believe we have so much more capability to do things with the Internet than I can imagine. Remember, I used to, when we started this, I spent $75 an hour to get radio time. I remember. Oh, yeah. And people always say, because at the time, people were like, well, how do you get on radio? And we, you know, this is one of the things I think that you see in Chicago. And you see it in uh, Selena Fox out there in Madison, who's a big lover of Chicago and comes through here. It's this idea of, like, everybody's saying, oh, we need to get more time for the press. And I go, okay, well, yeah, let's find out how they get the press. Well, you have to either sell commercials or you have to buy all the commercial time. And if I buy all the commercials, have you let me do my own show? Well, yes, that's brokered radio. And Chicago became the first city to do regular radio shows by the pagan community, but for the pagan community, I'm broadcast radio um so yeah no it was that i love doing that and uh, a lot of other people did it too so uh, i was it was very much it for a period of time we had a lot of radio shows today um we still have chicago pagan radio i mean i think uh drew prince has done a really good job carrying on that sort of chicago radio tradition um with magic uh, chicago radio so chicago has always been pretty outspoken so I've always thought about that. I mean, like you said, you've come forward on the idea. So what do you think of the idea of getting like, you know, there's going to be like three, you know, a working group of four or five people, and they just, we rotate, they rotate, I give them every tool they need, through the rituals of the year, one year, just knowing that you have one year, so it's not such a burnout situation. Well, I love the idea. I think it's Isn't a great it? idea. And I actually, I actually have the archive of Panthea, um, I received it from, I don't know if you remember Bill Surrett, who was a Panthea member for many years. Uh, he collected every ritual we ever did, and he passed away, uh, it'll be two years, October. And um, as we were cleaning out his apartment, his brother said to me to take it because obviously he didn't want it, know what to do with it, and nobody else did. And since I had run Panthea, they figured the archive was best left in my hands. So I'm still weeding through it and sorting things. And there's quite a bit there to work through, but 
eventually I'll get there. We probably need, so volunteers out there, we need to figure out how to scan this stuff too. We don't want to lose all this history. We are oh, I agree. At the Absolutely. So, so, so some of the things that are out there. So, so yeah, if you guys are interested out there, comment on that. So you saw, you can contact Melanie. She's interested in talking and teaching and then and reaching. So any, so, so any advice out there for people, for young witches, somebody who's really just getting started, any advice for them? Anything that you would have loved to know when you were basically beginning? Oh, explore everything. There's nothing too little that you can't just delve into. Look at paganism. Look at Wicca. Look at witchcraft. Look at Santeria. Look at all different aspects of magic because you might be able to take even the littlest kernel from it. Um, Books such as Raymond Buckland's Big Blue. Well, the big book book of witchcraft, but we lovingly call it Big Blue because it's a big blue cover. That book, uh, Drawing Down the Moon, as I said, by Margot Adler, another fantastic resource. Um, Scott Cunningham, he was a wonderful author and teacher for herbalism. There's so many aspects to paganism, to the craft. You could be an artist. You could be an herbalist. Find out what speaks to you. And run with it. There you go. That's really great advice. So I'm going to do this really quick game because you inspired me to do so. I've done it with Alan, but everything else. But to show you so strangely, so I'm going to name somebody and you're going to say, yes, I've met them. You've met Oberon Zell, of course. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Selena Fox. Oh, yes. Pictures of my hand. Definitely. Uh, yeah, um, I've, been, I've been making this joke about how many people fill Scarlet, which she's coming to Chicago again. People get no, I haven't, I haven't met haven't. her, unfortunately. I've read her books, though. Huh. She has a Chicago piece, too. You know, she has a real connection to Chicago, too. I'm going to be getting her Chicago story before it comes up. That's what I want. Um, we're going to be getting her Chicago story. From my world of religions and, and how she cast how, how she arranged one of the biggest rituals in Chicago history. Oh yeah. wow! Absolutely true story. So yeah, so much of this is that sort of thing. So of all the people that you've met, you met all these types of people. Is, is there anybody that basically that, that has has left a mark on you that you wouldn't necessarily consider a teacher, but one of those people that have come through like Chicago or you've met or went to a workshop with? Hmm. Oh boy, I'd have to say Ray Buckland. Okay. I met him, um, oh, boy, this was a long time ago. Uh, He did uh, a conference that I was at. Oh, gosh, I forget the name of the group. I think they've disbanded because they, uh, oh, gosh, leader passed away a number of years ago. Um, But I met him because he did a lecture, and I happened to be vending at this event, and I was the only vendor that had his books, and uh, gypsy witch cards and other things for sale. So he came into my space and he was so gracious and he signed everything for people. And just to talk to him to get the insights about what he did 
over the years and just to get ideas from him gleaning any little thing I could. He was such an incredible person and and he's since passed on as well. And it's such a loss to the community, but yeah, he was definitely one of my biggest. Yeah. And one of the best things about him, he was very, very good about it. He's the only one that really left a museum that I can see right now. And it's out in Ohio. And it's actually doing pretty yep. well. So if you visit it, support it. It's really kind of cool. I've got so uh, it's very, very cool. So no, Buckman is very so much. Um, it was a big influence on mine. Uh, he gave me the concept of the self-initiated, which wasn't the bad part. So yeah, no, I I love Buckland myself and the Big Blue. Um, a story when we were in South Africa, I discovered that during apartheid, two cases of Big Blue, the Big Blue Book of uh, Witchcraft, um, made it to uh, Cape Town. You know, that's about, you know, 96 books, I think. You know, 24, no, yeah. 48 per case was 96 yeah. books. And a Buckland's book was there, and most of the witchcraft scene in Cape Town was based at the time on local traditions combined, and the Wicca was based on Buckland's Big Blue. And it was the first time I had ever seen really Wicca started by Buckland being the dominant force and not by Gardner. That was a very different look at it when I discovered Oh, that. very much. That was a lot of fun. It's a very different and, uh, uh, practice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Chicago has gotten a lot of the benefit of it, of having all these books. Because I think people come to Chicago where it's kind of the center of the country. Um, so any last thoughts? Any so future? What does Melanie's future look like? Does she have one? Does she plan on it? I mean, um, oh, I definitely going back plan on it. Yeah, Good. I'm going back to school for my MFA, Masters in Fine Arts. Uh, to hopefully teach my teach art crafting and other things but I also uh, as I said before want to work with the pagan community and um, get young women especially who are interested and are looking for some kind of group some kind of teaching because sometimes I think mixed groups don't always work as well for certain things and Mm -hmm. there are uh, groups of one gender or another such as um, Brotherhood of the Phoenix or did they change their name? I, I believe they went co-ed anyway. Um, but, you know, things like that. I, I would like to get something going again to where we have a thriving group of ritualists. That'd be great. I think, I think and that's kind of one of my, I think I, we share that goal in common. Um, so how can we help? So so you've been great helping yourself a lot for the community. How can the community help Melanie? What is the big thing that you could, you know, you've given so much, and I tell people all the time, what is it that we can give to you? What is it the community could do that would make your life better? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, well, as I said, I, I, I run the Illinois Women Pagans Discussion Group and the Northwest Indiana Pagan Alliance. Mm-hmm. Please, if you know you want to get together, if you want to do stuff, you know, ritual or discussion or whatever, please give me ideas of you know where you'd like to go, where you'd want to meet. Let's help me get a group together because I can't do this by myself. I don't intend to do this by myself. I want other people in there who are interested. And I, I think, you know, we can make going of this. We can get this 
group running and be the center of the pagan world like we used to be. And like I think we still are in a lot of ways. You know, you know, people don't believe me so much anymore. I've been all over the world about that. And I keep coming back and saying, you don't really know how much uh, comes out of Chicago. And I think that Chicago doesn't get a, Chicago does not get a lot of respect for its uh, magic. So I think it's up to this generation. I think, I think it is. Um, I know we've been talking to Alan and everybody else. And so, so upcoming, we're going to have more people coming up on the show, but tonight we're talking to Melanie Silver, who is, Priestess, uh, priestess, and works with the Pantheon, and works with so many people along there. Who crafter in the community <clears throat> now t- and teaching, and is now ready to go ahead and teach, continue the process of teaching um, aspects of it. So the last thing we do in the show is that we ask a question of the day that you get to ask the last question of our audience. Anything that you'd like to know, um, it could be selfish, it could be you know, it could be anything, but you get to ask the last question of the day. Of our audience out there. Ooh, okay. Um, where would you like to see paganism go from here? That's a good one. How would you? Where would you like to see paganism go from here? Exceptional. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I, I really have carried away a sense of of where you know where of where the community was. And I think from a uh, from a uh, priestess's perspective, a female perspective of it, because I oftentimes see that a lot of times people always will like to don't realize that the experience of paganism is open to every is unique to everybody, and so everybody has a right to see it differently. And I think that's a really important aspect. And you really embody that well by learning a lot of different traditions. And I think and and I think I'm very grateful to have you in our community and that you're ready to teach. Well, thank you so much, Ed, for having me on. I I really enjoyed this. And as I said, we have to get this community back up and running like it used to be. And I really do look forward to working with you and everybody else in the community so we can do that. Yep. And the biggest thing I always tell people is that, that, you know, I have a full-fledged 501c3, something I didn't have when I left the city eight years ago. You know, and people say, you left the city? Oh, yeah, I left the city years ago. I've been back about three to seven years doing Nature of the Recyclers. But in recent time, I got the itch, and I, I and I wanted to interview all my better, better friends. And so, so thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Chicago. Thank say you. Bye, Chicago. Bye, Ed. Thank you. Absolutely. And remember, get out there. There's, you know, Weiner Beers. Look it up. Laura Gonzalez. She's going to be doing a Mystic Night. Pagan Pride, and of course, the amazing offer from Nature's Secret, Phyllis Karat, Riley York, all of it. Just keep listening. Uh, next up is going to be Chris Aldridge, and we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be talking to his, Chris Allum, and I haven't had more people on the line, so if you know somebody that you want to hear from and talk to about Chicago paganism, um, we say the Great Chicago Lens, please, please, please feel comfortable for doing so. So good night, everybody. Enjoy. And blessed be.